Well, hello and welcome back. It's been, if you live in the area where this podcast emanates from, um, it's been a week. We had a window rattler. Yes, we did. We did. Uh, but we are here not to talk about that because why would you want to talk about that? That's important stuff. Right. We're too good for the radio, yeah. which actually means we probably should talk about it since it was a- it yeah. was or was not on some. But. Yeah, if you're listening to local radio, uh, they said, hey, big stuff coming to Springfield, but listen to the podcast to find out more. <laughs> They'll tell you where to go. That's called <laughs> that's called a teaser in the biz, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but it is the Mike and Wilson Too Good for Radio podcast. And Johnny, besides Nugenics, mm. we now have another new sponsor who actually have a commercial for us oh, as good. well. So here we go. There's a cry across the heartland, a yearning for the days gone by. And in little old Corden, Indiana, they're happy and they'll tell you why. They got butt drugs, they love butt drugs, butt drugs, butt drugs. Now, here's the thing. I didn't know we had such a vast amount of listeners in Indiana. Yeah. And this is from... Our fine friends at Butt Drugs. Butt Drugs in Cordon, Indiana. Yes, it's an actual drugstore called Butt Drugs. As we continue on, we don't want to interrupt our sponsor's commercial. And they're they're just leaning into the butt is what they're doing. (laughs) They they are. Wait wait till you get the great ending. That's our name. Pardon the pun. Butt Drugs. I recommend Butt Drugs for everybody. (laughs) I can always count on Butt Drugs. When I think drugs, I think Butt Drugs. For all my health needs, I turn to Butt Drugs. You want hometown service and cheap hot coffee and liquor. Now that's the ticket. <laughs> because when, you, when you're talking about butt drugs, yeah. liquor usually le- leads to butt drugs. You can't tense up. You can tell Walmart, CVS, and Walgreens exactly where to stick it. Butt drugs. <laughs> we love butt drugs. Butt drugs won't let you down. Free parking in the rear. It's free parking in the rear at Butt Drugs. Yeah, exactly. I love Butt Drugs. So thank you to our new sponsor, welcome. and she'll like it too, Butt Drugs. Welcome to the gentlemen. family. Yes, welcome to the Mike and Molson Too Good for Radio family. Uh, we start the podcast, though, with a, a couple of losses. Alan Arkin passed away as a recording of this particular podcast. He was um, a funny, funny guy. Oh, he was so funny. So good. And also, uh, Sue Johansson, for those who don't know, Sue Johansson was Canada's Dr. Ruth. Okay. She hosted a sex show, and she was like a grandma. And she hosted a sex show um, on like Canadian broadcast television every Sunday night. So everyone's favorite sex grandma has passed away at the age of 93. And I saw a tweet that said, this loss is on par with the loss of Gordon Lightfoot in Canada. <laughs> and I thought to myself, on par with? That's a slap in the face of Sue Johansson. Yeah, it is. I mean, she is a much bigger loss to the Sounds Canadian like community it. than Gordon Lightfoot. Wow. I well, mean, Canada, uh, if you need any uh, sex advice, the Sex and Poo podcast with Mike and Molson is always a good place to turn to. Yes, we are here for you. Although, we'll on, you the, on the topic of Lightfoot, quickly, before we get into the actual meat and potatoes of this particular episode of the podcast... Aren't you glad that he is dead? Yes. Before, oh. but but before the <laughs> Titanic 
thing happen. Oh, sure. Before Be- that, the Titan craft. Because that son of a bitch would have written a 20-minute song about that. Like, oh, yeah. the legend went on with the Titanic Someone's went going down to, right? in the water that was very gloomy. <laughs> so, I mean, he could just kind of go from there. Uh, but yeah, someone's going to uh, have to, someone's going to write that. So, thank God he is dead so we don't have to sit through that whole thing. Ugh. So, we begin the actual podcast, the meat and potatoes of it, with a woman who has an interesting thing that she does on a first date with individuals. Yeah, how would you feel about this? Um, she says, this is her this is her big dating tip, Sophia Franklin says um, that men love competition, and so when she's on a first date, she arranges it ahead of time with the bartender to have an imaginary person send her drinks. Oh, so you're sitting there with her, and the next thing you know, uh, a cocktail gets set down. That's from the guy at the end of the bar. Uh, oh, thank you, and uh, and she sends a message to the other guy saying, "Just so you know, I got options." That's someone that immediately—that's a red flag, right? Holy cow, is it a red flag? Isn't First it? of all, ladies, we are well aware that at any given time there are a dozen other men who Correct. are far more interesting than us uh, just waiting in the door. We know this. We know this. I, you don't have to do this. I've been married for 15 years with my wife for 20 years, and I still know that to this day, that at any moment, if she's like, this schmuck needs to go, there are uh, many a suitor waiting for her. Oh, you, yeah. don't, you don't have to play this out. We are well aware of the situation. So what she does is she excuses herself to go to the bathroom, goes up to the bartender, and says, at regular intervals, send me a shot and say it's from somebody else. No, just so what? I let the other Even guy more? know. Yeah. So it's not just the original setup. She then goes and wants more drinks sent to the table? I, she doesn't specify you know, okay. what, the, what, the, what the count is, but uh, she said this isn't her only first date trick. She said uh, she's also sent herself flowers on two occasions. What? Flowers Flower for, for me? me? Where did these come from? Uh, this can work in many situations. The world is your oyster, ladies. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Tell me something I don't know. <laughs> From someone who didn't have sex yeah. till he was 21 years old, a little TMI for you, I know the world is the oyster for women, yeah. not so much for guys. The women are in the driver's seat. They That's are, yes. Uh, she's racked up nearly 3 million views and hundreds of comments. People suggesting they were taking her advice for the future. Uh, others took the opportunity to convince they'd pull similar stunts, with one woman admitting she'd asked a man to come over to her table uh, to tell her how pretty she was during the date. <laughs> Another lucky woman said it happened to her for real when someone genuinely sent her a drink and had their date left shaking. Uh, but yeah, at some point, the the ruse will be up. She'll go, uh, you know, let's let's say this relationship right, works out, yeah. and she goes, "You want to hear a funny, funny story? story about that? There was no guy really sending me drinks. I set that up ahead of time. It's like I'm out of here. I don't, I don't, I'm not upset with her for getting there early and setting up something with the bartender, right? right? Like some type of signal of if this date is going horribly, send me that drink over yeah. and then like some type of signal. But to automatically do it, even though you don't know how this date is progressing, now all of a sudden you've thrown in a com- competition that doesn't need to really be there. She just wants to amp it up and amp up the stakes a little bit. I don't know. I guess I have very low uh, self-esteem that if the drink would come over, I'd be like, I'm out. Sorry. Yeah. Apparently, oh, you, yeah. got a, you got other suitors. I'm sorry. This <laughs> is very this is very nice. That's such a good I, point. Uh, this is very nice. I've enjoyed it. But you know what? If you're in that high demand, yeah. I'm not going to be able to keep up. If this is happening every bar, I'm out. That is such a good point. That would break me. 
right I, there. I, I would, like, I'd be I like, I, I can't do this. I can't. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just, just uh, I will move on to the next easier uh, uh, situation to where there is no competition. And I'm sorry to let her know, though, the day is going to come where that no longer works. Because it's not going to be believable, right? right. That no, that that people are going to be someone, sending. Someone drink. is going to go. Oh, I see. What's okay? Fine, you know. Because that's an unenviable situation for the guy on the date right. either. When he if he goes, I find it hard to believe you're getting drinks from somebody else at the bar. Yeah. That's when she checks out. And goes, oh, you don't think I'm pretty? That's just it's fraught yeah. with peril. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Speaking of fraught with peril, uh, you know, dating will lead to a relationship usually, and yeah. then a proposal at some point. This proposal, right? The proposal story is supposed to be a cute one. Yeah. For most people, okay? Some people, I think, go over the top. You got to make sure you kind of read the room with your bride-to-be or significant other-to-be, whoever that may be. It's a sweet moment for all of us. Yes. Some don't like to have it in public. Some maybe may more be private. This one, I get, you know, whatever your relationship, I'm not going to judge, but the internet, when you share it on there, is going to judge for you. Hit it. So this situation is an airline passenger surprises his girlfriend by popping the question, uh, on a flight to Cancun, Mexico. He had the help of other travelers. He, he had handwritten signs that said, will you marry me? So the problem is she gets up to go to the bathroom, and that's when he's like, okay, now's our chance. So she's in the a- airplane lavatory, opens the airplane bathroom door to him down on one knee, and all the other passengers going, will you marry me? Oh, that's such a vulnerable position anyway when you squeeze right. yourself out of that little room. And, yeah, there's a hundred people going, I know what you just did. Yes. Yeah, right. I, know, I know what you, you just you just went to the bathroom, didn't you? And to equate what should right. be one of the best moments of your life, the proposal to when you may have just relieved your – well, you did, whether yeah, a one or a two. Whether you may, just think if she took a massive dump in there, right? <laughs> just The right. last thing you want after you take a massive dump is someone putting a ring on your finger. Right, and and, and her, her hand isn't even free because she's still wiping what her hands that? with the paper towel uh, as she walked out of the bathroom. And imagine right? if she's like, oh, they're, they're, they're out of soap in there. I need some yeah. hand sanitizer. It's just a bad play, right? That's Can't true. You just, and you're on your way to Cancun, Mexico. Isn't there more beautiful places in Cancun. I mean, I understand your body maybe want to be celebrating your engagement upon arrival, but maybe hold up just a second and rethink things of like the out of the bathroom is like, would you do that at home? Right, exactly. Even at your home restroom, you wouldn't do that. Yeah, you can, I can I can see something cute on the plane where I don't know you you ask if the flight attendant can make an announcement or you know something something like right. that. Uh, but to just ambush her coming out of the bathroom. That's not. Where, I mean, your head's not clear anyway, and you're trying to, you know, trying to look. And it's normal. a air, and it's an airplane bathroom. Yeah. It's not even a real bathroom. Right. It's like a, an eighth of an actual bathroom. Mm-hmm. She's just had to probably like kind of hover because some jackass behind her, like man, didn't put the toilet seat up. So she's just had to hover yeah, no, and I, then yeah. use sandpapery type toilet paper and a pump sink. Yeah. And then you go. Will you marry me? At her feeling, her probably least attractive. Yeah, it's a very vulnerable point when you come yeah. out of that bathroom. It's yeah, ridiculous. That's absolutely so. Oh, well. Best of luck in your nuptials going forward. Mazel tov. Maybe you do better than David Figueroa, uh, who took to the internet to uh, talk about how he <laughs> he has found out his wife lovingly makes him lunch every night or yeah. every day before he goes to work. But he, after a while of this, he found out. That basically the 
value or how good or bad the lunch is that it gets packed is dependent upon how his wife feels he treated her the previous day. Holy moly. Yeah. In his first video, he noticed his wife's feelings towards him the previous day directly influenced the quality of his packed lunch the next day. (laughs) The night prior, he was tossing and turning, affecting his wife's sleep, which was reflected in his lunch the next day. She gives me both butt ends of the bread, barely any meat, no cheese, a squirt of something, and barely any mayonnaise because I kept her up too late. (laughs) He concluded the video with a piece of advice to his viewers, reminding them of the importance of treating their partners well. The lesson learned, good behavior leads to better lunches. In a happier video, he showcased how a fantastic weekend with his wife led to a remarkable improvement in his packed meal. He treated his wife to a date night and played video games together, after which he discovered a loaded lunchbox. Got a full sandwich this time, a lot of cheese, a lot of mayonnaise, a lot of mustard, rice cakes, grapes, some nuts, raisin and cheese, electrolytes, water, granola bar, and my favorite, some energy drinks. What if something happens? I mean, that this is the first of all. Amazingly passive aggressive. Oh, uh, big, with, big time! That, I mean, this is that's like premeditated. Uh, it, it has all the all the verbs. Yes. Um, so, what happens if, say, yeah, the night before they have a big blowout argument, and she just like you know puts just tuna on a piece of bread and just throws it in there without any napkins or anything? Uh, but I don't know. The next morning, a big they make up and there's flowers and hugging and everything's fine. But the guy still gets a stupid tuna sandwich. Yeah, I didn't think about that or part. Vice, or vice versa. Or maybe he realizes, yeah, you're right. He wakes up and he's like, God, you know what? I'm going to get right. some flowers sent to the home. She's so nice to me. And all of a sudden she realizes, yeah, she's like, yeah. I, I just gave him like a crappy, like mm-hmm. stale, old ass piece of bread or whatever, or a crappy bagel or a bagel with that I found in the back of right. the pantry with mold on it. And now he sent me flowers. Son of a biscuit. Right, right. And I don't think it should be dependent upon how well you get treated, how well your lunch is. That's an right? interesting tactic. Uh, I mean, I, I, I would probably game that a little bit and be really nice the night before, and she makes up a nice lunch, and then she hands it to me and says, thanks for the lunch, bitch. <laughs> On your way out. I got the awesome lunch. Exactly. You thought you were going to give me this great lunch because the night before, but bitch, <laughs> you can suck it. I'm out the door. And then she's yeah, like, she's like, eating big today. <laughs> then she's like, ah, I'll get you tomorrow. Right. But will you? Now yeah. I know I'm getting a shit lunch tomorrow yeah, no, so she, I can yeah. pack some extra money. You can game this thing pretty hard. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I don't think it should be uh, dependent upon that. But, uh, you know, if you want to be passive aggressive that way, go right ahead. I feel like that ends up being this woman is, well, if you date the woman from the first story. You're right. Who sends drinks to herself. Lots of conditions. If you, if you end up marrying her, you get conditional lunches depending on how well you get treated hey can't the guy make his own lunch i mean what's it that seems a little strange to me i mean i pack my wife's lunch in the morning yeah um just because it's forced a habit that's just what i do but okay. yeah i mean if i didn't like if i if like let's say i were sick or had a day off and wanted mm-hmm. to sleep in you can figure it out like you can pack your own lunch yeah, right i would feel weird of having someone else pack your lunch? Yeah. I mean, it's a cute, nice thing to do. All right. Um, but do you draw a little heart on her napkin when you put it no, in that? You don't do anything like that? No, no. Nothing? I just, I just, I... Not I, a note? You know, to slip a little something? Uh, no, I mean, I just have the lunch packed. I okay. fill up the water bottle and pick up the lunch. But I'll leave a okay. note behind, like on days when she's off, but I go to work, I'll leave a note behind 
um, saying, hey, you know, have a great day and blah, 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 and put that on the computer. You know, you better up your game or she's going to start having (laughs) drinks sent to herself. That's true. Very much so. I better watch out. (laughs) Uh, Up next, the Michael Molson Two Gift Radio podcast. AI is uh, and chatbots have been a thing. And Meta's got their own now, apparently. Yeah. I mean, Microsoft has one. Google's working on one. Uh, And, of course, there's the the big one, ChatGPT, that everyone's talking about. Um, And with most of these, if you get into a conversation that starts to go off the rail, or you start having conversations about, you know, how awesome Nazis are or anything like that, usually with these, the the machine will shut it down. Say, okay. hey, we're not well, having, yeah, we're not yeah, having yeah, this we're conversation. Not doing this. Well, Meta has their own uh, system and you can you can then use their system to create your own chat bot. Oh, geez. So for whoever you want to talk to, you can you can give it the rules and say, I would now like to have a conversation with this person. And Mike, you'll never believe what the first person to use it for has used it for. Sex. Right? Yeah. Right, I'm correct. Because we're just sex and poo. Right? That's that's what we're about. Allie is an 18-year-old with long, brown, with long brown hair who boasts tons of sexual experience. You can't do that! She lives for uh, attention and who? wants to share the details of her escapades with anyone for free, but Allie isn't a real person. She is someone that was created by Arrest one of that the person. users. Yeah. Arrest that person immediately. Um. The uh, they, they talked to the person. Now, I love this part. Uh, the person who created Allie spoke on the condition of anonymity for fear of harming his professional reputation. No, no. no you need to bring own it. Own it. Yeah. You need to be publicly outed to be the first doofus to start your chat. But the first one being this. Yeah. Uh, he said in this interview that uh, other chatbots uh, are, quote, heavily censored and can't offer the type of sexual conversations he desires. With open source alternatives, many based on Meta's model, the man said he can build his own uninhibited conversation partners. It's rare to have the opportunity to experiment with any st- with state of the art in any field. Uh, he says that the, he argued for open source technology, saying, I think it's good to have a safe outlet to explore. I can't think of anything safer than a text-based role play against a computer with no humans actually involved. Oh, there's a lot of problems with that. (laughs) Yes. Really? There is a big-time problem with all of that. You start playing that game out in your brain, and it's not going (laughs) to leak out into the rest of the world? You really think think it's going to be contained on this computer? (laughs) No, you weirdo. There are a bunch of YouTube videos where you can go and they'll teach you how to train your own chatbot for whatever uncensored version you want. Um, there are now. We're, we're doomed, aren't we? Man. Aren't we just doomed? Don't we just, I just, this is just beyond the pale to me. Yeah. And, and seriously, the, the article goes on to talk about how there are a lot of AI-generated images popping up of, of child pornography. Uh, and, oh, yeah. Uh, and so it's it's a problem. Let me just ask uh, the question right here on the Sex and Poop podcast of how do you get to that point to where the actual act of sharing that encounter with someone becomes so rote repetition for right. you that the only way that you get any satisfaction is by creating a chatbot with all these weird fetishes built in, and you're like, ah, I don't finally know. something that I can really super enjoy. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I still, 
I still do a double take when I see the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition on the on the magazine racks. Like, oh, hey, check this out. You know, so that's that's still plenty for me. Right. I, I don't need this. Correct. Like, just, like, oh, my God, a bathing suit. Oh, yeah, geez. exactly. Oh, man, look at that. She has only the triangle over her nipple on that <laughs> bikini. Um. So it, it's it's opening some very interesting conversations because, yeah, on one hand, people are arguing, hey, better to do it here in this safe, closed environment uh, than to actually be acting it out. And uh, good Lord, what a, what an amazingly textbook pervy thing to come up with an 18 yes. year old and she's already had all kinds of sexual experiences it, and she loves attention and wants to it, share. It's like, this is not what, what, what fantasy is that? It's almost like you typed into a chat bot. Give me yeah. a parody of the most stereotypical situation mm-hmm. from a borderline adult film. Yeah. Right. And, right. That, and they would, they would spit this weirdo out. I mean, it's it's that's profound. That is that, and and it doesn't. Every single thing we come up with uh, a new advancement in technology, it's always like, oh, Polaroid pictures. Can I take a picture of a naked woman? <laughs> right. You know, even 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 like the first movie, isn't it like a woman walking nude? And oh, know, I'm I mean, sure it, it it's is. Just something something ridiculous. It's like the, the as soon as we figure out a way, oh, fax machines. Can you fax me some, some nudes? <laughs> fax me some nudes. Can you dot matrix printer some boobs? Yeah, the first the, the, those first computer games on Commodores, it was like all these Laser weird text. Suit Larry, yeah, whatever. yeah, it was it was just like Y's and X's and things making a breast. Uh, so it's like it's, it's it's the first thing we go to every single time. See, that's why you need wholesome products like the sponsors of this particular mm-hmm. podcast, Nugenics and Butt Drugs. That's right, and she'll like it too. Can I do something with sex about it? <laughs> what can I do? Because there is there are there naked women? Can I do that? Can I do that with it? No. Um, oh, you invented a car? Can I drive to see a naked woman now? Everything. Oh, yeah. light bulbs. I bet I can see more naked women in the in the dark. And she'll like it too. <laughs> Apparently in uh was it South Korea now? We're this gonna be interesting. people there that live there are gonna be younger somehow? A new law has been passed in South Korea, uh, where pretty much everybody is going to be at least a year a year younger. Um basically it's now re- they're now required to use internationally recognized ways of counting age. Okay. There are two traditional methods in South Korea uh, where people are deemed to be already a year old when they're born, taking into account the nine, nine months okay, you spent in the spent. room. Oh, wow. Room. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Um, so they round up immediately when you come out. You're a year. And then uh, the Korean age system also sees people aging by a year on the 1st of January. Oh, God. So everyone has the same birthday, somewhat. In theory, a a person born on New Year's Eve will be two the following day. Oh, because they're a year old and then on the January. Okay, so if you're born on on December 1st, let's just play this out, you're a year old, and then 30 days later, you're you're two before you even had a first birthday. (laughs) The other method there, uh, called counting age, considers a person zero at birth, but their age goes up a year every first of January. Don't know where this method came from. It's really it's, it's, a, it, really it's, it's the most complicated way to to count. You know. So I'm just trying to do the math in my head real quick before we go any further. So if I'm born on December first in South Korea, I'm a year already when I come out of December first. January first happens, I become two. Before I've even had a one. Yes. So I'm already two years older than I actually am. So 
on December 1st, I turn one, but January 1st, I turn three. Yes. Something okay. like that. Yeah. Okay. Because it doesn't sound like they actually get a birthday birthday in South Korea right now. I don't know. In a briefing Monday, the Minister of Government Legislation said, we expect legal disputes, complaints, and social confusion that have uh, been caused over how to calculate ages will be greatly reduced. A government survey, which is conducted in September, said uh, 86% of South Koreans said they would use the international age system in their everyday life when the new law uh, comes in. He said, and this one guy says, I was about to turn 30 next year, but now I can have some more timed earned. Uh, uh, <laughs> Time earned. Yeah, and I love it, uh, says the 27-year-old oh, uh, good Lord. office worker in Seoul. God, It's great you... to feel like I'm getting younger, says Mr. Choi. Of course. Wouldn't you? Can you imagine that just for a moment where you're like, God, I'm about to turn 50. No, I'm not. I'm only 47. So if you want to figure out your Korean age, okay, you can do this by adding one year to the current year and then subtracting that from the year you were born. <laughs> okay. Okay. So somebody, uh, so for 2023, uh, plus one minus 1997 comes out to 27 years old. Wow. Even though it's not. <laughs> That's, that is so, some stuff. Congratulations Thanks. to all you young Koreans out there. Yes. Stay away from the AI chatbots. <laughs> Please uh, do. Because, yeah, you just made a, a guy break the law. Right. That you did. Uh, as we wrap up here on the Michael Molson Too Good for Radio podcast, as a recording of this, we're heading into 4th of July next week as a recording mm-hmm. of this particular podcast. So there is a condiment, I said condiment, uh, coming to some ballparks around the U.S. for 4th of July. It's Pepsi and their Cola Chup. Cola Chup? Yeah, it's a mixture of soda and ketchup. It's called Cola Chup. Now, it's only going to be available in four baseball parks just on the 4th of July. But here is what here's what the Cola Chup consists of, and give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down, John. Okay. It's a Pepsi reduction. So you take the Pepsi, reduce it down, then blend it with smoked tomatoes, ketchup, onions, and spices, including thyme, cinnamon, oregano, and paprika. And ladies and gentlemen, you get Cola Chup. You're going to put some Cola Chup on your hot dog? Are you sad you're going to miss out? You have to go to either Comerica in Detroit, Target Field in Minneapolis, Yankee Stadium in New York, or Chase Field in Phoenix for a nice little cola chup on your dog. <sighs> I mean, a lot of, yeah, no, I, mean, I guess I'm trying, the, the ingredients are interesting. A lot of times when people make their own homemade barbecue sauce, it yeah, involves, they do, yeah, you know, some boiling down some soda or something <laughs> to get the sugar and the syrup out of it. Yeah, some root beer uh, sometimes. And sweet and, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, so it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound ketchup-y. The, no. way, the way you described it. Right. It, it'd be more... It sound like a steak sauce. Kind yes. Of a, kind right. Of, you know, more sweet consistency. I think Savory, what, I think, is the right word. Yes. I think... <laughs> steak... What'd I say? Yeah, no, no. Okay, I, I'm yeah, just saying, no, yeah. I think the way to describe it would be savory. savory. Yeah, more than sweet. Um, I think it's the name that bugs me. Cola Chup? That just sounds yeah, gross, doesn't they, it? They didn't really give a lot of... No. Like, uh, Pepsi Chup? They could have called it Ketchy. Catchy. Yeah. That's what they should have done. Hey, get a little catchy on this dog. Okay. <laughs> a little catchy on your wiener? Sign me up. Yeah, I don't want to... Do you want? No one wants cola chup on their wiener. It always goes back to the same question of, who asked for this? No one. I mean, but what it, kind of market research did they do that made them go, oh, yeah, this is what the public wants. 
They want cola chup. And it might be great. I don't know. I mean, yeah. There, there's I'm a things... traditional, just mustard, you know. Yeah, well, first of all, what are you doing putting that on a hot dog in the first place? This would actually be better on a burger, I think, than I a think hot dog. I think it would, yeah. I think you're right about that. If you put some cola chup on a burger, looking at the actual ingredients, that would be tastier on a burger than it would be on a hot dog. But think of a better name. Catchy. <sighs> catchy is catchy. Catchy is catchy. Yeah. Uh, than cola chup. <laughs> Or whatever. Cola chup sounds like a sounds like a bad like. Remember chupa chups? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like he, oh man, I got a cola chup instead of a chupa chup. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, the Too Good for Radio podcast. Be thankful we're not over in England for our outdoor barbecues coming up this weekend or for Fourth of July. Why is that? Because Brits have been told to be on the lookout for horse flies that can quote tear flesh apart and bite through clothes. Oh God. The British Pest Control Association has named the horsefly bite as one to avoid on a list with a black widow spider. Uh, the BCPA warned, literally designed to eat a horse, their bite is both impressive and painful. Uh, the horsefly is a sangrovorous insect and therefore wants to bite you. They can persistently chase you at a flying speed of around 15 miles per hour and will bite right through clothes. There's mandibles that can rip and tear flesh apart. Do we have measures to make sure it doesn't come here? Let's let, please, please, could we? Yeah. Uh, they advise victims of horsefly bites to dab them with antiseptic and cover the wound with an ice pack in order to avoid infection or swelling. Wow. So yes, these they call, things can eat a horse. They're called vampire horseflies, and apparently, they're literally designed to eat a horse. <laughs> And so they will chase you at 50, they can fly at 15 miles an hour. And if they can't find a horse, they're coming they're gonna after you. They're going to just come after you. And even though you put long sleeves on, you're like, ha ha, not going to get me. Right. BS. Honk. Man. So yes. That Watch a, that, it. That, Let's good... make sure. Let's make sure there's some type of barrier yeah. to assure that they can't make it to the U.S. Because the last thing we need, we had what, death beetles or whatever the hell it sure. was that we had a while back. Now we yeah. have vampire. Keep your vampire horse flies over in Britain. Don't allow them across the pond, you a-holes. I was just recently in Arizona, and the people there were talking about these stories about, yeah, you just got to, you, you, you walk outside, you know, I don't know, sometimes rattlesnakes are in the bush, and there's these javaleras that will come charging at you that are like, you know, uh, basically boars uh, that'll just tackle you and everything. And they're talking about all these hor- you know, tarantulas and scorpions. It's like, man, what you're talking about right now is why I love the Midwest. Correct. There is nothing particularly weird here. No, the, there's a squirrel once in a while that might or maybe you. a skunk will run out and maybe. spray you. Maybe, but it's not um, like when you live in like on the you know out in the wilderness in Colorado or wherever it may be or North Carolina when you hear like yeah there was a bear in my pool right. earlier today. Yeah, or, they were talking about mountain lions walking through their backyard <laughs> right, and everything. Yeah. It was like what on earth? No, thank you. Why isn't everybody here, here right now? Exactly. What are you doing out there? Just let it go. I mean, I've, you know, sometimes I'm in Texas and I'll see a scorpion and it's like, this is, no, no this is not, this is not for me. Or a rattlesnake is out of coming t- out of your toilet. Right. No, thank you. No. No. So. I, I, I love the Midwest. Thank it's God. It's a very sensible, tame part of the country. You know, nothing too bizarre. No. You're right. Nothing crazy poisonous. No, it's it's nice. It's very much yeah. just kind of the mayonnaise of uh, yeah. of of the U.S. I can I can predict what will but, or won't but, be in my yard when I walk out. There's nothing. Maybe a raccoon's in my garbage. That, That's about the you know, extent it's kind of, of it. annoying, but it's not. Yeah, I don't think I'll die. No, these will these will kill you. Yes, these will. I don't have to worry about flesh eating yeah. horse flies that will that will chase me at 15 miles an hour. Most of the world is pretty goofed up.
Yes, but the Midwest, Midwest, we're okay. That's why I like it out here. Uh, Okay. Well, everyone have a great weekend. Enjoy your 4th of July as well. Uh, And we will be back next week. And a big thank you again to Nugenics and Butt Drugs. And she'll like it too.